Harry, did you know that climate change is literally killing people? Um, you not, might be alive now. Not really. Not for much longer. Would you say, how long have I got? You're the doctor here. How long have I got? Doc? Not a doctor. You, well, you've got a master's degree. <laughs> that in doesn't make me a doctor. Yeah, close enough. So how long have I got, Doc? Um, until the end of this segment, and then you die, oh, unfortunately. hell. So make I've got some arrangements it. to make. Someone get my laptop. <laughs> I need to make some emails. Delete the search history. <laughs> so I saw this article from Politico titled, The Green Transition is More Urgent Than Ever. Here is a real solution. And it reads as follows. Last year, 16,565 people died in Europe as a direct result of the climate crisis. And this is now the fastest warming continent in the world. The World Meteorological um, Foundation reported recently. Furthermore, earlier this year, our planet broke the record for the hottest day ever three times. The facts are inescapable. To preserve our society, our prosperity and our future, we have no choice but to transform our economies and make them sustainable. The risk we run otherwise are unacceptable. Who wrote this article? Clearly a climate activist. Clearly a clown. Sorry, Clearly so someone who also is enumerate, but sorry, do carry 16, on. 16,000 565. Will you be explaining to me exactly how they found that number? Because I remember last year it was announced that climate change was going to be beginning to be marked as a cause of death for a lot of people. Say, for instance, mm -hmm. they had some respiratory issue in their life and they it was exacerbated by hot weather that all of a sudden, well, that's climate change. Climate change killed you because you had a breathing problem and you went out in the hot weather. That means climate change did it. The climate fairy came and knifed you in the lung. <laughs> the climate fairy. Is that what we're calling Greta Thunberg now, is it? <laughs> I'm climate sorry. I, I should, have, should have introduced a trigger warning there. And um, yes, if we, if we move on to the, the next link, which uh, I can't oh, do because I, you have... I've, I'm sorry. Here you go. Thank you. Very professional setup. Harry is trying to sabotage me. He's trying to prolong his life. Because of course you are dying at the end of this segment. I don't. I'm not entirely sure it'll be because of climate change. You've got somewhat of a murderous look in your eye. Yeah, you should be very afraid, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> I always am. But this is the actual report that they're on about, and uh, I'm going to go through and read the actual data that they're citing here because they did link to it in the article, which is actually surprisingly rare. Sometimes they do reference. Um, Articles and things, and then don't link them, as in mainstream media. Most or of the time, it will be study mm -hmm. says with no link to the study. Yes. So here we are. Here's the actual section that is pertinent, and I'm going to read this. And it says, based on information in the Emergency Events Database (MDAT), meteorological, hydrological, and climate-related hazards in Europe in 2022 resulted in 16,365 reported fatalities and directly affected. 156,000 people. Notice here um, that the number that Politico gave was 16,565, and they here they've got six people on. They've just added a random 200 people, as you do, and also um, that they're just saying these are climate related. So floods are climate related. Uh, heat is climate related. Pretty much anything environmental is climate related. It doesn't mean it's climate change. Well, I mean, it would be, I mean, if all of a sudden your local neighborhood is flooded, that would be a change in your local climate, certainly. Um, you need to prove that it was man-made climate yes. change, man-made cause. Mm -hmm. for climate but this change. report 
isn't really talking about that. What it, a shock. It, it's been misinterpreted or misrepresented, depending on your interpretation, by the Politico journalist, which goes on all of the time. Like a piece of um, research, I, I've got so fed up of looking at this because whenever I see sort of climate alarmist stuff, I tend to click on it. And there almost always tends to be a massive misrepresentation of the research. And it really bugs me because it's not difficult. I know I've got a master's degree in research methodology, so I'm a massive nerd. But even but I could still look at this and say, hold this up. This is just reading comprehension, you <laughs> at morons. The, yeah. At the very least, you've made the number up because the number is lower than what you reported. And you just, out of thin air, magicked up 200 dead It's like people. they read it and just misremembered it or something. Like it's, it's an easy thing. I know it's only like 200 and it's largely the same. But it's, right? still, a, it's still a mistake that should be caught. Surely mm -hmm. the editor of Politico should be checking. But then again, why should I be expecting the editor of Politico to mm -hmm. actually read the research that their own staff writers are writing about? It's also worth mentioning as well. Um, it carries on to say about 67%, this is the actual report itself, um, of the events were flood and storm related, accounting for most of the total economic damages of about um, two uh, billion US dollars. Much more severe in terms of mortality were the heat waves, which reportedly led to more than uh, sixteen thousand excess deaths. And that term, excess deaths, is interesting. You may hear have heard that during the pandemic, and of course that's based on statistical modelling. And the problem with statistical modelling, which I know full well because you know I've done lots of statistics in my time is that the data that you get out is only as good as the data you can put in. And we don't have a complete understanding of the climate or of supposed climate change. And so we can't put complete data or accurate data. And so these are just estimates. They're, they're sort of um, mathematical educated guesses, if I'm being kind of a bit uncharitable. But I'm not a big fan of statistical modeling because I think it's just misleading, really, because also the data that you can put in is affected by your biases, um, you, what you, your presumptions about what the re relevant data actually is to put in there to model things in the first place. And so say uh, a climate zealot was the one doing the modeling, then it can be incredibly biased and grossly exaggerated. And so you can't really take statistical modeling at face value at all. You've really got to dig in and, and have a look at what's going on. and. Um, it is also worth mentioning as well that Politico did abandon fact-checking in 2021, which was probably a wise move because otherwise they would look like massive hypocrites now, wouldn't they? They're, they're literal spreaders of disinformation, if uh, you're particularly well, ev pedantic Everybody like had me. caught onto the fact-checking grift by that point. I, I absolutely despise it. It's just like claiming you have a monopoly on truth, which you certainly do not. So the BBC has also reported about um, heatwave-related deaths, and they reference a different study, but it's referencing the same year. And um, this, again, is a, a statistically modelled one, I think. So it says, um, I'm reading from the body of the text, most of it's about the heatwave in Europe, but it says, a new study says 61,672 people died in Europe as a result of the heat last year. That's a lot more accurate than Politico, and it's also a much smaller number as well. And it says, IS Global Institute in Barcelona, which, is a re um, which researches global health, said Italy had the most deaths that could be attributed to heat, with 18,010. Spain had uh, a lower number, and Germany a lower number again. I'm not going to read them because that's not the focus. I um, think we should just highlight as well that we know things are getting bad because the maps have been coloured in pure blood red. Red means scary and bad, yes. Except for the fact that, you know, 
They're, they're coloring them in red Wait, sometimes, go, and it'll be go, like go down a bit. That's Spain. Yes. I, now I've been to Spain. Me too. Yeah. It's not known for its um, uh, cool and snowy climate, and as far as I'm aware, never has been. I've been to Spain. Um, I went actually to um, I can't remember. Is it the Tabernas Desert? But it's basically where they filmed the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Yes. Um, and all all of the, those spaghetti western films. And I went to like a Wild West town there when I was on holiday. Nice. And it was like 46, 47 degrees, which is are the temperatures where they're all freaking out. And you know, I was walking around. It was hot. I was sweating a lot. I wasn't dying. Yeah, I've been to Spain in forty to forty-five degree weather, and you're right. I didn't just drop dead the second I mm-hmm. stepped outside, like I might do as soon as this segment is over. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but uh, if you go back to say when the Moors were occupying Spain as well, mm. also known as quite a warm country back then, I believe, because deserts didn't just spring up out of nowhere. No, but the point being that there are things that you can do, you know, drink lots of water, stay in the shade, don't overexert yourself when it's really hot in the middle of the day. Don't wear a three-piece suit. Yeah. um, These are all things that are perfectly reasonable and people don't need to be freaking out nearly to the degree that they are. Um, It it carries on to say, experts say um, periods of exceptionally hot weather are becoming more frequent and climate change means it is now normal to experience record-breaking temperatures. Is, is that really what's going on? I mean, perhaps the measurements are more accurate. Perhaps we've changed the way we've measured things. <laughs> That's funny, actually. On the podcast that I was on with Callum just the other day, <clears throat> excuse me, Callum said that he found some reporting about some issues with the way that a lot of this heat was measured. Mm-hmm. For instance, they were measuring the heat from very... Um, convenient places. For instance, one of the ways that the heat was measured was from a airport runway. Which is I, I wonder if the tarmac would reflect any heat. Yes, guaranteed to make the uh, measurements that you're finding a lot higher. <laughs> it it's just ridiculous. seems deliberately malicious, doesn't it? This so, is what I mean. The people who rule us are evil. Yes. So the BBC, um, for the, this death statistic, were quoting this article um, from IS Global, which was quoting this research paper from Nature. And um, if I can page up a little bit, this is down at the methodology, but this is all, all of the data and stuff. But it says, um, I'm going to read from this Nature article. It says, we analyzed Eurostat mortality database, which includes uh, 45 million. million or so um, counts of deaths from 823 continuous regions in 35 European countries representing the whole population of um, over 543 million people, so basically most of Europe. Right? I'm sorry, is that the total population of Europe? I think so. We really are a global minority, aren't we? Yes. There are more. There are more Indians than there and Chinese than there are Europeans. Actual Europeans. Yes. It's nice to put it's, it into perspective sometimes. <laughs> um, and it said we estimated 61,672 um, heat-related deaths in Europe between the 30th of May and the 4th of September 20. 22. And of course, this is over the period of summer, whereas the, the previous study cited by Politico was the entire year and also included flooding. This was just heat-related, so that makes sense that there are um, slightly lower things. And of course, the previous one said that 67% of uh, damages were to do with flooding and things like that. So one can imagine that flooding was p- potentially more dangerous. But I calculated the percentage chance of death from heat in Europe, and it is as follows. 
0.00012. And Not much. You're more likely to be struck by lightning. Uh, the chance of being struck by lightning and killed is 0.001. Ah. And uh, of equivalent likeliness to this figure is um, the global average for aeroplane fatalities out of all of the flights around the world. And of course, if you're in Europe and you, or North America, you're probably going to have a safer flight than, say, a, a Cessna in Papua New Guinea, right? And so um, this Make is, that of course... figure even lower um, if you're native to Europe. Yes. And um, this is 0.0001% um, of all deaths. And just because I was interested, because I'm going to be flying out tomorrow to go on holiday, oh, yes. each flight represents a 0.0000024% chance of death based on basically a back of the notepad uh, calculation that there are roughly about 100,000 flights per day and between 70 to 90 crashes per year globally. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So, yes. Um, and, and this is all taking it that the estimation of 61,672 de- heat-related deaths in Europe uh, are to be taken seriously and can, in fact, be, cal- uh, be classified as due to man-made climate change as well. Yes. So it's still a really, really insignificant thing, but you wouldn't gather that from the reporting on it, which is very cataclysmic. It's like people are dying in the large swathes, but actually, if you know the population of Europe, they did this same thing in the pandemic, actually. They reported the figures and made them look as big and scary as possible without actually contextualizing. And because I was statistically savvy, even before I cottoned onto it all being a load of rubbish, um, I was just like, well, we, do we have any sort of frame of reference here? What are flu deaths normally? What are um, deaths from the common cold? What are, I need... Shut your faculties down, look at big number, and be scared of big number. <laughs> that was, that's the gist of what the It is like going brass for. eye when they go up to someone and just go, technology, and they jump. <laughs> See, people are scared of technology. <laughs> it's that. People are scared of big number. <laughs> it's the same exact thing, isn't it? And it, it is deliberately being engineered to be as scary and sensationalist as possible when it shouldn't be, really. And in fact, um, here is an article from uh, 2021 from Bjorn Longborg, who obviously does very good work on the climate stuff. I have read, well, listened to the audiobook of his Cool Down, Cool It, I think is the name of the book, which was all right. It was, it's an older one, so I need to catch up with his more recent work. But as the, this uh, article in Wall Street Journal of all places uh, states, we're safer from climate disasters than ever before. And here is a, a graph um, to channel my inner nickelback. Have, take a look at this graph. <laughs> and um, you'll notice here that the number of uh, basically climate-related deaths has been dropping since the 1920s to very small amounts. And it's also worth mentioning as well that on uh, one of the axes of the graph, it's just raw um, numbers of deaths. It's not as a percentage of the population. And of course, the population in Europe since the 1920s has grown. I know that's not really much of a revelation. So the, the incline would be even steeper. It's basically inconsequential now. I would imagine a lot of this is due to changes in infrastructure and well, our yes, ability of course. to it's, deal with these things. It's because- te- technological innovation and infrastructure and a whole host of other things. Basically, in Europe, the climate isn't really that much of a problem. Sure, we do get some, some flooding and some heat waves that do kill some people, but as a sort of percentage chance of death, um, I think your, your, your Big Mac or your cigarette is far more likely to kill you than the, the climate. 
by a significant margin as well. And a very large margin. Europeans have actually, and stop me if this shocks you, evolved in such a way that we're actually able to deal with the climate. We're actually adapted to the climate there's quite this nicely. Thing that, there's this thing that we do in heat called sweating. Um, it's pretty unique to human beings, but it allows us to deal with hot temperatures because uh, the way we used to hunt large an- game animals is run them to heat exhaustion. So we would run until the animal keels over. And because we sweat, we can carry on running. So that's why we're actually quite good long distance runners. So yes, Impressive. there we go. Some actual science. And uh, talking of actual science, um, here is my episode of Contemplations, number 113, um, titled The Limitations of Science, where I argue with a rather evasive Carl about uh, <laughs> the, the real limitations Just of science. Putting that little drop of poison in the well. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was not admitting my very obvious arguments. No, I know how Carl can be sometimes. Mm-hmm. But the, the point being here, there, that there are lots of um, things that people who worship the science trademark don't acknowledge. And as someone who you know, has practiced as a, a scientist, I take a far more um, balanced view of, yes, there are lots of limitations to research. You've got to take things with a pinch of salt. You can't take things at face value. Also, I think the most important thing to always emphasize in this, and I'm sure you do in this, is that it's conducted by human beings. Th- that are fallible, yes. and so. There are lots of limitations to scientific practices, and you, having a, a reasonable view informed based on the actual realities of the research is a good thing. So please do check that out. It, it is an interesting conversation, albeit um, quite a few people got frustrated with Carl. Um, <laughs> but here's uh, something that I, I thought was amusing, pointed out by James Melville, who of course does great stuff. Um, this is an article from The Guardian in, from February 2004. Um, Britain will be Siberian in less than 20 years. That's, Siberia's cold. Yes. And uh, this is supposed to happen next year. And I don't need to remind you about our summer. We had you know, a couple of weeks of heat and it's been raining. It's been miserable. It's been rubbish. Not We're not snowing. Siberia. Yeah, it's not tundra. It's actually just warm rain. That's our summer. Have, have pity on us, please, if you're from a, another country. I'm used to it. <laughs> and things have got to such a point <coughs> that, as GB News reports, Brits cancelling their holiday plans as intense European heatwave causes chaos. No, um, you're, you're being you know, brainwashed into fearing heat. Believe it or not, you can actually go on holiday and it'd be 50 degrees. You are capable of surviving, unless you're very old or you've got a newborn baby then maybe you have reason to be concerned. Well, um, one of the fun things about going to warm European countries is most of the time when you go there, you go to places that are near the, sun, near the sea, mm-hmm. which means you can go to a beach and you can swim in the sea, which will cool you down. Mm-hmm. One of the hottest days that I've ever spent in Spain, uh, I spent jet skiing. And uh, I fell in the water a number of times because I wasn't very good at the controls to start off with. <laughs> and you know what? That was a blessing because it cooled me right down. Yeah, it's funny that, that water exists. Who'd have thought? It, it, it's strange. But yes, people are obviously being brainwashed into cancelling their holidays, even though it's completely unnecessary. And it is just a bit ridiculous, really. And of course, it's worth mentioning as well that um, there are lots of real and tangible reasons for why it's so hot, particularly hot in Europe at the minute. Um, and I'm going to do my best impression of a weatherman now. Um, there is high pressure trapped over the southern Mediterranean, particularly Spain. Um, there are also clouds of Saharan dust that have accumulated 
high in the atmosphere, and this affects the balance between incoming solar radiation and outgoing long-wave radiation, and this supposedly can affect temperatures, either increasing it or decreasing it. But I don't really understand it, but I'm just basically quoting so-called climatologists. Um, Also, there are unusually high sea surface temperatures, which means that cooler air is not blowing inland from the Mediterranean, as would normally happen. And it's also an El Nino year, which is a cycle of hotter and colder temperatures in the Pacific that alters temperatures globally. So this is a a perfect storm, if you will, um, if you pardon the pun, to make it hot. These explanations seem to be compelling enough reason for me that there are a few percentage points higher than usual because you've got all of these things going on at once. I wasn't aware of the El Nino thing, but that sounds to me like an example of non man-made, just natural climate change. It is change. natural, yes. Climate that it's a cycle, yes. It, it, it changes year on year, I think. So all of this sort of sensationalism has encouraged people to voice opinions that are quite questionable, like this one. Um, George Monbiot, who I loathe with a passion for being an insufferable environmentalist, says farming should be abolished to save the planet. Just abolish farming, why not? Altogether, um, climate change activist says meat can be replaced with lab-grown food like protein pancakes. And protein How pancakes about no? are nice, but I'd I'd still like some steak, please. Mm-hmm. And I'd prefer it to be prepared while it's still mooing as well. <laughs> Is that how rare you like it? I, I do like uh, a, quite a rare steak. If you if you have That's it well right. done, I take the Hank Hill position of you ask them politely to leave, but firmly. Yeah, Lightly that's it. Firmly. Thank you for correcting me. I'm, I'm very ashamed of myself. My King of the Hill knowledge is not what it once was. I haven't even watched it. Oh, that's even worse. I know, I'm ashamed. I should. I've been told it's very wholesome. Mm-hmm. So one final thing that I thought was particularly relevant, and this is me being a, a fact-checking debunker. I know I'm ashamed of myself even more than I was previously. Politico might be hiring soon. Oh, I went the wrong way. So... I saw this screenshot circulating, and it says 13 nations agree to abolish farming in order to save the planet. And this is seemingly presented as a Sky News thing, and it's quoting the EU Times here. And uh, I found this, this article that is here. This is the EU um, European Union Times, and it starts by saying the global climate cult. So yes, um, basically the title is completely different to the body of the text. Um, it's, this, it's, this sounds like an anti- climate agenda article. It is, yes. Okay. And although I'm anti-climate agenda as well, this is just deliberately misrepresenting what's going on. Basically, there was an attempt to reduce methane. It's talking about John Kerry and a bunch of countries signing an agreement to reduce methane, but it's not abolishing farming. That's not what's going on. I still don't agree with that, but this is a deliberate misrepresentation. The way they're going to try and reduce cow methane. Production uh, emissions. They're going to put little things up their ass, aren't they? Little things up their ass and make them wear masks to stop them burping. How are the cows going to recover their poor dignity? I mean, I I, I think that's animal abuse, actually. Well, to, yeah, uh, to, being perfectly honest. Yeah, to be honest, um, I prefer my meat free range. I prefer to, you know, I'm not some bleeding heart, but I prefer mm. to think that at least the animals that I'm eating weren't treated terribly during their actual lifetime. Plus, it makes them taste nicer. It's also worth mentioning as well that the same climate activists that talk about species death and the loss of biodiversity and the loss of lots of animals, how um, domestic farming is basically replacing um, wild animals, but the rates of farming in most Western countries 
um, a barely to a replacement level for the animals that we would have had in the wild in the first place. So we may well actually have less animals, uh, as an example, on the British Isles than you would have had if it were completely wild. So the notion that these cows are somehow releasing more methane and it's bad is madness because we've got less animals. So I, I, I don't understand. It's just obviously a deliberate misrepresentation here. But I thought I'd actually inject some sanity into an insane conversation. Um, and I, I've had a naive attempt at being somewhat balanced here and pointing out some silliness. But we should, we should be pointing out the actual real mistakes, not just making stuff up like uh, the European Union Times here, which clearly is trying to masquerade as a legitimate outlet whilst misrepresenting things. But yes. Um, I don't know enough about the EU Times. Maybe they do good work, but just from this that Josh has shown me, uh, that's all I can go off. Mm -hmm. But obviously, you're not going to die from climate change. It's a load of rubbish. It's a bunch of misrepresented statistics and a bunch of sensationalism. So go outside, enjoy the hot weather, and don't die. If you appreciated that segment from the podcast of the Lotus Eaters, you can go to lotuseaters.com to get access to all the premium content that's on the site, such as the Contemplation series, this episode on the friend-enemy distinction. If you'd like to find out what else is being put out, you can follow on Getter at lotuseaters.com on Getter. Thank you and goodbye.